From the Western Riverside Council of Governments, I'm Rachel Singer, and this is CogCast. is often defined by an unfortunate regional narrative that rarely depicts the many innovative efforts undertaken. How did this happen? And what needs to be done in order to change this regional message? Joining us on the CogCast today is Steve Lambert, partner in the 2020 Network, a unique public affair and strategic communications firm working to assist organizations elevate their profile while also creating a more positive and effective narrative. So Steve, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, Can you go ahead and kick off our podcast by sharing a bit about yourself? Yeah, well, uh, thank you. It's it's nice to, to have this forum and to speak with you. Um, I'm a partner in a strategic communications and public affairs firm here in the Inland Empire, uh, the 2020 Network, and we work primarily with government entities, nonprofits. Um, A lot of our work is in the area of community building. So um, it was a long journey to get here. Um, I was born and raised in Illinois, uh, spent 34 years in the newspaper business, and that sort of set me up for... Um, what we're doing now, but I was a reporter, uh, an editor, a publisher. In fact, for uh, quite a few years, I was uh, the VP of news for what's now the Southern California News Group. Hmm. So the San Bernardino Sun, Inland Valley Daily Bulletin, it's now the Riverside Press Enterprise. Hmm. Um, And decided at uh, 2011 that the, the industry had pivoted so much that it was it was time to, to try something different. Mm-hmm. And so um, again, what we try to do is we, we, we work with with local entities and regional entities, SCAG, Ontario Airport, um, San Bernardino County Transportation Authority, a lot of cities and and, and other entities and the nonprofit sector. Um, in trying to help them position themselves better, totally um, engage supporters better, and in simplest terms, help them better tell their stories. You know, these are, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, even beyond COVID, even beyond um, the, the political environment we're in right now, just fundamentally, it's a really complicated time. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of noise out there. Um, social media, um, traditional media, you know, people are bombarded with, with information mm-hmm. and to try to you know, cleanly, succinctly, fairly, accurately tell your story in a way that's, that's persuasive and compelling. Um, there's, there's a lot of competition out there. Definitely. Definitely. I, I completely agree. So this is a bit of a loaded question, but um, what, can you tell me about your favorite event in the Inland Empire? Oh, that's easy. It's a WR Conference <laughs> uh, General Assembly every year. Well, that's no, good. I, I, I actually think that's a, um, you know, one of the true, um, you know, assets of our, of our region. I mean, you, you know, you, you, you attract a, a ton of people, but you also get you know, these incredible speakers 
I mean, what, um, what institution anywhere is able to attract former presidents mm. or, you know, some of the, 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 the most important people in our country or our world? And it's, I think it's, it's um, you know, I look forward to the day when people can gather like that again. <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's a wonderful um, showcase not only for the WR COG, but for the region as a whole. Well, I'm glad you said that because it would have been uncomfortable if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, jumping into our discussion, today we're talking about branding the Inland Empire, which is, as we've already discussed, um, is such a pertinent topic. Um, but generally speaking, can you just maybe break down what you think the current brand of the Inland Empire is today? Yeah, and if I if I could back up a little bit, um, we, we came to this. Um, uh, I don't know the last two three years. It's been a labor of love. Um, myself, my wife Deanna have been working closely with the nonprofit community um, on, a, on a project we call changing the narrative of the Inland Empire. And the idea is how do we attract more philanthropic investment into our region? Because if you look at it proportionally, the Inland Empire um, from outside foundations gets about $25 per capita. And you think four and a half million people, five, $25 per capita, that's a lot of money. Statewide, that average is $265 per capita. Yeah, that's a big difference. <laughs> And so why is that? And as we broke it down, it's, it's, it's partly due to our narrative hmm. and uh, the way we feel about ourselves here in the Inland Empire. Hmm. Um, and I think we, we, we talk a lot about our challenges. We talk a lot about our deficits, but we don't really talk enough about our assets. Hmm. We don't really talk enough about our opportunities. And so the idea of that whole project was how do we how do we create a, a toolkit for nonprofits to do that? But I think the same sort of thinking applies to economic development. It applies to uh, education. It applies to just about anything you want to uh, want to talk about. We need to start talking about our assets rather than simply our liabilities. So when you ask me, you know, what is the the the, the current narrative of the Inland Empire? Um, I, I, I think in some ways we're our own worst enemies. Mm. Um, we tell a story about ourselves that isn't very flattering. Mm. And if I could, you know, kind of branch out into to, to my own arrival in the Inland Empire about 20 years ago, um, at the time I was editor of a newspaper in New England. Um, and, uh, you know, keep in mind, it, it, it was January, probably hadn't seen sunlight in about 500 days. <laughs> And it was, I don't know, 15 degrees or whatever. And uh, I flew into Ontario Airport and I woke up the next morning, stayed at one of the hotels near there and looked out and looked to the north and saw these beautiful mountains with snow on them. And uh, those beautiful blue skies we get mm -hmm. during the winter. And uh, I remember stepping outside and it was 60 degrees and I, I thought I'd landed in heaven. <laughs> and um, so I, I got in my rental car and went to downtown San Bernardino to, to talk to the folks at the San Bernardino Sun. And, uh, you know, it was amazing to me how, how everybody was on such a downer. Hmm. You know, I, coming from where I was, I thought this was beautiful, hmm. but they all talked about how 
you know, this was not an attractive place. We're not Los Angeles. We're not this. We're not that. And uh, it really struck me that 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 this region has such low self self esteem. And over time, that was that was reinforced. So that is always stuck with me and kind of presented itself as a challenge to me is how do how do we change that um so yes i think our our current narrative as it is currently being presented is not necessarily the most um attractive one i think it has changed quite a bit over the last 25 years i think we are a little more optimistic i think Mm -hmm. we are um you know a little bit more confident in ourselves but I think there's a whole lot of room to, to grow mm. and to begin to tell a better, more accurate story about what, what those true opportunities are here. Hmm. That, that's a really interesting perspective, because what I'm hearing you say is that it's almost to a certain extent self-induced, the way mm-hmm. that we even approach our own, to what you said, like our own liabilities rather than our assets. And I think oftentimes our conversations surround the fact of like, oh, how other people are perceiving us. Um, or how this news network is saying this about San Bernardino or this about Riverside. Right, so. right. And, and and as part of that project I was talking about, we actually did a media inventory. Hmm. And, um, um, you know, when you look within the Inland Empire, our own media tells a relatively fair story about ourselves. Um, and that was interesting to me because, you know, having been embedded in that local media for so many years, I was, um, I wasn't sure I could look at that objectively, but what really stood out was the, the perception that is, um, accentuated by the outside media, mm-hmm. uh, the outside media will swoop in when there's a big dramatic story to tell, but they're not necessarily going to be here for those important, um, truer, more positive stories about mm-hmm. what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's an overgeneralization I, 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 I will ad- admit to, but uh, the statistics bore that out too. Um, something along the lines of 80% of the coverage from LA area media about the Inland Empire tended to reinforce those negative stereotypes. Hmm. That's really interesting. So how do you think that we became known by those characteristics? Um, I think evolution, you know, it, it, uh, um, our, re- our region being Southern California really, you know, it was LA, it was Orange County, and they did a, a really good job of branding themselves. And mm-hmm. then the Inland Empire was uh, kind of out here. And, you know, over, over the years, there were some, some uh, issues that we've had to deal with, it, issues related to air quality, issues related to poverty, issues mm-hmm. related to educational attainment. There were a lot of those things that, that um, um, sort of, overpowered the story that mm-hmm. became the, the, the narrative mm-hmm. because we didn't have the, you know, the big shiny objects to wave in front of folks. Um, and uh, we didn't do a very good job of identifying those things that, that truly were assets, mm-hmm. quality of life here, as an example, um, the, the, the mountains that 
we have, the, the scenery that we have, the beautiful deserts we have, the recreational opportunities. And over time too, the, the, the intellect and the sophistication of, of our business community. Mm. You know, one of the things we, we researched in our Changing the Narrative project was the number of patents issued to, uh, to various communities. Um, I think it's it, it surprised me, and it's probably going to be surprising to you that, um, on average, a patent a day is issued to somebody in the Inland Empire. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. and when you think about it, it begins to make sense because we've got these, you know, wonderful institutions: the Loma Lindas, the Esri's, the mm -hmm. great universities like UCR, um, but. I don't think we think of ourselves that way. So we truly are this innovation hub and we don't even know it. So I think that leads into my next question. So we're talking about some of the different assets and opportunities that we have here in the IE, but what would you say are some of those characteristics that set us apart from perhaps some of our coastal counterparts? Yeah, I think uh, it's a great question. And uh, um, I think, first of all, people, and, and um, you know, we have four and a half million people in the Inland Empire heading towards six million, uh, according to Skag's research, in the next 25 years. So we've got this, this you know, great population base and it skews mm -hmm. younger. It skews younger than, than our neighboring counties. Um, you know, the, the, the median age in the Inland Empire is about five years younger than hmm. the state average. And so when you think about that, boy, we've got this tremendous pipeline of future workers, future entrepreneurs, future innovators right here. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think our coastal counties would love to have that. Hmm. So certainly our population is, is, is a big one. Um, I think our other assets are the, the livability of the IE. It's an easy place to live. It's, it's, it's less costly than Orange County or LA County. Um, I think we've got some, some truly brilliant innovators and brilliant minds here. And when you think about, you know, again, the work that Aloma Linda does or mm -hmm. the work that Esri does, um, they've revolutionized the industry they're in. They've almost created that industry mm -hmm. that they're in. When you think about some of the transportation, uh, innovative transportation projects that are that are heading this way, the um, the Vegas Rail that's going to be coming to Rancho Cucamonga, the mm -hmm. tunnel to Ontario Airport, those are all great things. Um, I think another asset is our location and our um, our. our our place in the supply chain and global trade. Now we tend to talk about that in terms of logistics and transportation. People argue back and forth over whether that's a good thing. Um, I, I think if we look at it more broadly as we are at the heart of the supply chain mm. and um, when COVID was you know, initially happening, what was one of the big concerns around the the, the country and around the globe, it was access to needed things. We're right in the middle of it. Um, and I think if we 
kind of look at that in a bigger way, there's no reason why we couldn't become the, the innovation hub for the global um, mm. supply chain mm-hmm. movement industry. There's no reason in the world we shouldn't. We've got the players, we've got the transportation infrastructure, um, we've got so many things, we've just got to get into that mindset mm-hmm. that we can do. Yeah, definitely. And to what you said, it's a lot of what we already know about our region, but just seeing it from a slightly different angle that really does capitalize and highlight the benefits that it is to live here in the Inland Empire, whether that be Riverside or San Bernardino. Right, yeah. right, right. And, and you know, if as we begin to build the kind of, of industries that, that create even better jobs, mm-hmm. you know, isn't it going to be nice not to have to deal with the traffic of driving into LA or Orange <laughs> County? You know, I, I think that's one of the true opportunities here that, um, you know, again, and that speaks to quality of life. Definitely, really. definitely does. So can you maybe share your thoughts, kind of switching gears a bit, about the Inland Empire being, um, quote unquote, the new California? What does that mean? And how can our region build upon those strengths that we just talked about um, to be that new California? Yeah, and that was part of our narrative description. We kind of see the Inland Empire as that new California. And when you think about it, we're rich in diversity, culture, history, and economic opportunity. And when you look at where California could, should, may, will be over the next 25 years or so, boy, we're, we're, we're it. Hmm. Um, we've got the innovative resourceful, mission-driven companies and non-profits. Um, we, we understand more and more what we have. But again, just look at the face of faces of the Inland Empire. Hmm. Uh, the, the, the diversity that we've got, the youth that we have, we talked a little bit earlier about the youth of our, of our market. Um, Gosh, if, if, if I was looking to invest in California, this is where I would want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So we've been talking kind of about this the whole, the whole time, but if you could make it almost like a concise narrative, like what do you think, um, what do you think the IE should be known by? Is there like a phrase or something or a tagline, if you will? Yeah, I think the, the, the new California, this is the future of California. Mm. But, but also, I would really stress the innovation and mm. opportunity that exists here. Um, and whatever, I mean, there are any number of industries where you can say that. There's the nonprofit community, too, where you can say that. Uh, the innovative work that's going on at our universities and mm-hmm. and and our public schools is is as well. Mm-hmm. I know COVID has kind of put a damper on everything, but there's some tremendous work that's going on out there that I think is really going to to transform the way people live, not just here in the Inland Empire, but throughout Southern California and around uh, around the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have the first zero emission passenger train um, running as part of the San Bernardino line, Metrolink San Bernardino line. That's coming. We're doing that. Um, so I, again, I think innovation and opportunity mm-hmm. would be the, the, 
the biggest keywords that that we ought to all embrace and work around. Mm-hmm. And everything that you know, everything we're doing ought to be a reflection of that or mm-hmm. tied back to that. Mm-hmm. So, kind of taking it the step further. So, one of the, perhaps maybe the challenging part about. Um, changing the IE's narrative is actually how do we implement, how do we galvanize efforts? So what do you think are the steps necessary um, that will need to take place in order to really start changing and seeing the movement on the needle, if you will? Yeah. And I think part of that is beginning by having an honest conversation with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it becomes hard to do tactically because everybody's got their day job right? Every organization, every business has their, their primary responsibility. So to get folks to think more regionally, and regionally, I mean, San Bernardino and Riverside counties, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's maybe not number one on their list, but we need to figure out a way to, to program that so that we can get those people together and talk very specifically about how we see ourselves and what that narrative can be and and get buy-in on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think the media plays a role in that, and we need to engage the media as partners mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. um, because it's in the best interest of 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 them to, to to represent a region that is viewed for its robust innovation and opportunity. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I mean, a change narrative. It really it really impacts things economically, socially. Um, I'm sorry, I think I might've interrupted you though. Were you halfway in between? No, I I like where you're going with that. And I think if, if, as we sort of put that together, um, and I think a group like WR COG in concert with the other COGs within our, within our region um, could help lead that conversation. I mean, let's put jurisdictions aside for one second (laughs) and and let's talk about what our region is, but the value of having a stronger, better, more progressive narrative about our region to your organization. Hmm. Does it help the WR COG, as an example, if the Inland Empire is viewed in a more favorable way? Hmm. Absolutely, it does. Mm -hmm. And the way we worked it with the nonprofit community was we'll build you a toolbox. Here are some of the talking points for a a more positive narrative about the region, because again, a region that's perceived well is going to help you as an individual organization. Mm -hmm. The key is bringing people together and beginning to build some consensus. Mm -hmm. And that's difficult because again, um, any organization, any business, they're going to be focused on what they have to do in the moment hmm. because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. That's what we all do. Um, but to to pull people away from that for just a little bit and start talking about the region and 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 why a per, the perception of a stronger inland empire helps any organization. Mm-hmm. Does a stronger inland empire brand help the WR COG? Of course it does. Does a stronger Inland Empire brand help UCR? Of course it does. Does a stronger Inland Empire brand help Ontario Airport? Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. So let's bring some of these key stakeholders together and really talk about that and talk about what our assets are. Mm -hmm. Um, Acknowledge our liabilities, but let's really focus on our assets, our strengths, our opportunities, 
And out of that, let's build some consensus on when we describe the IE, when we describe the region that, that we have chosen to invest in, because this is where our organization is based, what does that mean? What does that look like? And let's build some consistency there. Because hmm. unless we have that consistency, the outside world's gonna be really, really confused about it. <laughs> yeah, consistency is definitely yeah. really important. Yeah, we have a hard enough time accepting whether we should be called the Inland Empire or Inland Southern California. <laughs> It's a dicey conversation, Steve. I know, I know. I know, but we've got to get beyond that. I mean, that's, you know, we, 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 the, the, the name doesn't matter. It's how we perceive ourselves and what, you know, if, if we don't like our name, well, let's bolster that brand. Mm-hmm. Changing a name doesn't bolster the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when Coke Zero went to Zero Sugar Coke, it didn't, didn't matter. I mean, it was a different name, but it didn't matter. Let's, let's, uh, if, if, if we're concerned about certain things within our brand, let's fix those and address those. And let's really highlight, again, the assets and opportunities. So kind of the last question that I have for you is more along the lines of what we were just talking about, but what do you think is government's role in the midst of this? Government's role as we shift to start trying to change the narrative of of the Inland Empire. Is our role convening? What what do you think? Government's role is to first and foremost see its its place in sort of the bigger picture. Hmm. It's not it's not government for the sake of that institutional entity. It's government for, in the sake of the, the community and the region it, it, it serves. I think govern, government can be helpful in terms of encouraging and incentivizing uh, business and economic growth um, to bring, bring a finer point on those difficult conversations a community should have. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, government shouldn't run away from the housing mm. issue, but should embrace it and mm-hmm. figure out how we fix it. Um, so again, I think it's 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 kind of playing that that kind of bigger, older sibling. I'm going to bring everybody together and and. Uh, um, and, and not simply worry about my own institutional needs, mm-hmm. but the need of the region I serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, thank you so much for sharing and just for taking the time to be on our podcast. Um, we really appreciate it. Do you have any um, final remarks before we sign off? No. Uh, again, I've lived in the Inland Empire now for almost 20 years. It's my home. Um, I've lived all over the country. One of the mm. things that I, I loved about my former um, profession, newspaper business, was I, I got to see what life was like in New England. Mm. I got to see what life was like um, in Denver. I got to see what life was like in New York and and Philadelphia. And I'm so grateful to live here. Mm. And I think if we can, you know, maybe step out of our own kind of you know, where we're at and what we don't like about where we're at, mm-hmm. anybody can do that. And people do that no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you could think you're in paradise, but 
people will still say, yeah, but I don't like this thing over here. We've got to get beyond that. Hmm. It's a state of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, let's, let's start embracing the opportunities and the assets and, you know, really, really look ahead to what, how, how exciting these next 25 years can be. Mm-hmm. And I, I just so appreciate your perspective as well, coming from living in a variety of different places to see the value. I think we need people like you to be able to challenge maybe the status quo of what we've accepted as our own identity to our own downfall to a certain extent. And so thank you so much again for being on the podcast, for your work on the 2020 Network. And um, we really appreciate it here over at WRCOG. Thank you very much. It was, it was a great conversation. Awesome. Thanks. For more information on WRCOG and the COGCAST, please visit our website at www.wrcog.us. For more information about Riverside County's efforts on COVID-19, please visit rivcoph.org coronavirus. 